0: Hi, and welcome to the Fiercely Holistic Podcast with your hosts, functional nutritional
1: therapy practitioners, Kristen Mahaley and Sierra Shea. With this platform, we're going to be your bold advocates, making healthy living achievable by providing small, tangible changes that will encourage your body to regain balance. I'm
0: Kristen, board-certified holistic nutritionist and FNTP, owner of Nourish Holistic Health and Nutrition. I live on a farm in Bradford, New Hampshire, with my hunter husband, Dean, our Newfoundland Edison, German Shepherd, Ovi, and an ever-expanding
1: flock of chickens, ducks, and the bunny, Lou. I'm Ciara, Juris Doctor and FNTP, owner of Aura Nutrition and Wellness. I live on Long Island, New York, with my incredible husband, Tim, beautiful baby girl, Libby, and two precious Yorkies, Dolce and Cole. Let's dive in. Hey guys,
0: Chris here. So it's spring cleaning time and I have a question for all of you. Do you ever just feel blah or stuck? Like you know what you should be doing, but you don't have all of the tools to get there in regards to your health? Or are you feeling empowered to live a more fiercely holistic life, but you're unsure where to start? Well, Sierra and I have something so exciting to share with you. On March 23rd, we are launching the beta group for our new 30-day guided elimination challenge. In just 30 days, we will walk with you through three heavy hitters that we will remove from the diet and add in so many supports each week so that you can feel in control of your body. Our goal is for you to feel lighter in all senses of the word and to feel empowered to live fiercely holistic. We will have a private Facebook group and are offering this beta group at a discounted rate of just $59 for one month. You have complete access to Sierra and I to walk you through elimination of foods that could be triggers causing inflammation pains, digestive imbalances and hormonal imbalances in your body, and we will add in supports each week to help alleviate any of that inflammation that was caused and to calm the mind and the body. Class starts March 23rd, so secure your spot over at fhp30daychallenge.eventbrite.com or you can head over to the show notes for a direct link. We can't wait to have you be a part of this program. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Fiercely Holistic Podcast. Today, we are bringing a short episode to all of you to continue the discussion of a topic that was brought to our attention with our episode with Carolyn Murata. and that was the a way of farming, which is called regenerative farming, and it's a practice that can be implemented into our lives on many different levels, and that's what we are going to share with all of you today. So welcome,
1: C. Thanks, girl. I think that um, both of us had planned that episode uh, with Carolyn and in that interview to really talk about how she was a mom of three doing it all. And the beauty of what we do is that in these Conversations, these rich conversations about our lives, we learn stuff. And I thought, wow, I really learned a a lot about regenerative farming and holistically managed farming. And so this could be a really great conversation as we're coming into the spring season where people might be going outside, starting their garden. Um, This could be used on a grand scale of having animals where you sell, you know, that those animals for meat or as small as container gardening. Um, But it's so much about shedding light on the fact that um, we should really try and have as much control around the way that the foods are being produced that we are eating. Exactly.
0: And I think we all know, no matter what area on the spectrum you fall, that nutrient density is in fact a real thing in our food. The soil is different. We've overworked our land. There's so many statistics you can look up showing how if we continue this path of farming, we're basically robbing future generations of our farmland and of our produce that comes from that farming. So I think being able to take some control into your own backyard or what you bring into your kitchen is what the FHP is all about. So
1: And I just that- want to say like one more thing. When we're talking about like the soil quality being depleted, a lot of it is because of factory farming, but it's also because of these huge monocrops. Um just like a little callback to the episode we did on proteins where Kristen informed me that chickens have a molting period where they don't lay eggs because that is their natural life cycle. When we have a monocrop that we are genetically modifying the seeds and spraying to make sure that certain, I don't know, we just totally change everything about the nutrient density of the soil and that is affecting our foods. So, right a huge, this is an epidemic, a global epidemic. This is not something as small as like, don't just have, you know, corn. Like it's so. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I was just speaking on this whole topic a couple of days ago. So right by where we live in New Hampshire is a phenomenal food co-op called the Sweet Beet Market. And they're part of the Kearsarge food co-op. And I was chatting with a few of the ladies there, a few of the farmers and people who actually do the buying from other farms to bring the meat product, everything in. And I am—I actually have the opportunity soon to cook for about 30 people, all nutrient dense foods, using ingredients from the co-op. So I say, I think I might do something with spaghetti squash or zucchini noodles and they're like well we don't have that right now it's not in season Funny. Like, damn you're right but every time I go to a bigger box store, I can get zucchini anytime in I abundance. can get exactly yeah. and think of strawberries I mean the, we grow strawberries uh, in our garden and there's maybe a two and a half week peak season of these strawberries. And they're little, they're delicious. They're, oh my gosh, they're beautiful and vibrant, but I can't get a strawberry right now. My ground's frozen. Like, so then trying to eat seasonally and nutrient dense, that all comes back together. Also Sierra, um a couple, so we've had chickens now going on three years. And when we first got chickens. They were actually at my in-laws property because I was living in an apartment. So I couldn't have a chicken there legally or safely. Um, so one day Dean was out back working with the chickens and we had no clue what we were doing. And a rooster showed up, like not one of ours. We had little baby chicks. So he's like, who brought this? Like, where did a rooster appear?
1: Hashtag New Hampshire problems.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he goes on Facebook and my family in like mass in New York is calling me hysterically crying, laughing so hard. Oh my God. He's like, did anyone lose their rooster? I found this chicken in, my, in our yard with our flock. Like I'm trying to get it back to where it is. Long story short, no one claimed the rooster. So... Dean was telling me a lot of places where they hatch out their own baby chicks, obviously you can't sort them by sex. So if you end up with a ton of roosters, no one wants that. So he he gets in touch on one of his chicken blogs, this is why I love my husband so much, with a farmer who said he'd take the rooster. But it was like far away in the middle of nowhere. So Dean brings the rooster to him. And in exchange for this rogue rooster, he gave Dean two of his pork chops from his pigs. And he was explaining to Dean at his farm, which was like tons of acres of land, how he rotates the animals. So he, one year, will have his meat chickens, his meat birds on one area of land. They eat the bugs and the grubs and the grass. And then, then, then he rotates those with perhaps um, the pigs and then the next harvest he'll move them and he'll plant vegetables there. And then the manure from the pigs and the chickens is in the soil. And he's always doing this rotational farming. And I'm like, that is phenomenal. Instead of like, this is where my chickens live forever. This is where I grow zucchini and basil forever getting that change.
1: And it's like the full cycle of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could call that regenerative farming. You can call that holistically managed farming. There's a lot of different ways of of coining that. And um, after Kristen and I finish this little intro, we're going to get into that Um, snippet of Carolyn's episode where she tells you a little bit more about what it means to have regenerative farming. Um, So you'll hear it from the horse's mouth. But I think what we want to do is just provide you with a couple of different resources um, for you to be able to go out and support farmers that are practicing more holistically managed farming that in turn support our soil quality. In, tor- in turn, support the nutrient density of our foods, and in turn support your health. Amen, girl. Yeah, sister. Yes. <laughs> so, I think the first one um, I was introduced to Michael Pollan actually as a required reading for the Nutritional Therapy Association, uh, the Carnivore's Dilemma, and I thought it was a f- fascinating book. So, that is one resource if you were interested in learning more about the cycle of our food and understanding how important, um, properly managed farming is in terms of the full life cycle. That's a great resource. Also, he has a fantastic Netflix special called cooked on Netflix. So they, I think he breaks it into four different parts and it's just, it's really, um, Di- no pun intended, like a digestible amount of information. <laughs> and you feel like you could make change in your own life with some of the thing. If anything, he'll inspire you to make change. Right, right. He really will. Great, great series there.
0: Another suggestion is using what you have in your kitchen to give back to the soil. So composting, now some people may say well I live in a city I can't compost that is not true. They make countertop compost systems, they make under the sink systems. We have like large compost out different parts of the yard, but if space is of a resource for all of you, I would definitely look at some tabletop ones. I mean, no joke. I was in World Market. It's like a home decor store and they have a lot of different cultural foods that you can purchase there, thus the name, World Market. And um, they were selling this really cute tabletop compost system. Now you probably fill it very quickly, but you can compost and that is one place to start. When you are gardening there are things you can add to your garden. So this, my noni would always do this anytime he'd have any shellfish. So mussels, clams, lobster heads, but he always used those to make delicious lobster sauce, but he sometimes would sacrifice the head for this. Or shell, um, shells from shrimp, you can put that in the soil and it adds so many minerals into your soil. I have found over the years, the shells don't really attract critters, like the hard shells, like a clam shell or a mussel or a steamer, but a um, like the lobster tails, you know, the shell of that or the peel from the shrimp sometimes does. But that's great to add in. Due to the fact that we have chickens, we always put manure into you know, the chicken poops and then put that back into our soil. But a great resource if you are looking for farmers that do more of this type of farming, the website is going to be realmilk.org. Now, I want to warn you all, when you go to this website, it is through the Weston A. Price Foundation, which their website is a great resource as well. But this is a campaign they have on looking at more raw milk. And that is a topic that we will discuss on the podcast in time. But for right now, what I want you all to go to is the the Real Milk Finder, You'll click on that and a drop down will pop up of all 50 states. You'll click on your state and then it separates it into the county in which you live. And a lot of these are to sell raw milk, but they always list the other products. So it'll say, you know, in season vegetables, pastured meats, um, grass fed beef, grass finished cattle, whatever you are looking for. And this is another great place you can find connections to do a cow or a pig share if you want it as well.
1: Excellent. And um, a third resource is going to be also a website website eatwild.com. And I will add all of these into our show notes. So you guys, if you're driving, could just go back and check out the show notes and use those as clickable links. But eatwild.com. This is really, really cool. Um, Their mission is to just getting wild nutrition from modern food. So they have um, resources for shopping local, grass fed meat, eggs, dairy, Um, They have links to really cool restaurants that actually utilize foods from, it's like farm to table restaurants. Um, That's cool. Very cool. And then they have a lot of information about like healthier animals, how to, why you should, you know, have holistically managed land. So if you want to learn more, um, they're really educational as well. But I think the idea here is to really, you know, we're talking about this like, full circle. I think it's so important that as consumers we remember that where we buy our foods, we're voting with our dollar. So by spending more of your money on farmers that give a shit about our environment, I'm sorry if that word offends any of you, but it's felt called for in that moment. <laughs> um Perfect. if you care, you need to be paying attention to where you're spending your money. And this is a really solid way of investing into the health of your body and the health of our environment in the future. Let's take a quick
0: break.
2: In a world where we are drowning in
0: information, we are starving for truth. And if you are a health enthusiast looking to master your metabolism, learn about the greatest biohacks in the world, lower inflammation and feel great, then I got the podcast for you. It's called the Keto Camp Podcast with Ben Azadi. We have been awarded the Keto Podcast of the Year by the Metabolic Health Summit, but I got to tell you with over 700 episodes, we discuss fasting, carnivore, longevity, biohacking. So I encourage you to type in Keto Camp podcast on your favorite podcast platform subscribe today for brand new episodes every week that is keto camp camp is spelled with a k totally and two final other resources that could help you find some of these farmers and farms One is just going on your state's website and looking for their farmer's markets and then asking when you go to a farmer's market, like, what type of farming practice do you practice? Like, are you into regenerative farming? I know we discussed this in a previous episode, but getting the feel or the vibe, like, is this really an organic farm that just didn't go through all the regulations and resources and time and money to get certified organic? Um, A lot of those small local farms, it's just such a huge cost and soil testing and all of that. So you can ask them and check that out on your state's website. And then lastly, NFMD. So it stands for National Farmers Market Directory.org. You can find farmers markets near you. And this is a great option too if you are traveling. I think they just created an app as well, but you could pop in your zip code and then, or the city you're traveling to, and then have that resource as well.
1: Very cool. I didn't know about that one. Very, very cool. I like that. This episode is sponsored by the 30-Day Guided Elimination Challenge. In 30 days, Kristen and I will help you lose weight, increase energy, sleep better, boost confidence, and feel lighter. In honor of the changing seasons, we want to help your body wake from the winter hibernation and begin a time of awakening. We'll fuel your body with the foods it needs for health and vitality, shift your mindset around food, bring movement into your life, and create new rituals around self-care. The event is happening March 23rd to April 17th. Limited spots available. To secure yours now, head over to our show notes with a direct link to Eventbrite. If you have any questions, always feel free to email us at fiercelyholistic at gmail.com. Enjoy this episode on permaculture, and we hope to see you guys there.
0: So now we will let you listen in on Carolyn explaining what this is all about and why it is beneficial. And we hope, you know, even if you don't have an acre, five acres, a hundred acres, start with a greenhouse right in your kitchen, right next to your your window and grow some basil in there and parsley and cilantro and get started and see the connection on where your food comes from.
2: The method for permaculture is to farm like nature intended, basically. So in nature, you don't um, you don't always take away, right? The leaves fall from the trees, they decompose, and then in the fall, and then in the spring, stuff grows back up out of them. So there's oh there's this like constant cycle of giving back to the earth and um, and uh, keeping things um, as as close to you know n- how nature. Does it as possible. So the methods basically are we don't till the soil. So we use a uh, tool called a broad fork. It's a 40 pound giant steel fork that you s- basically slam into the ground and pull back, and it lifts the soil up without turning it over. So it allows all of the bugs and worms and all of the microbes in the soil to stay alive and not be exposed to the elements, but still does the job of aerating the soil so mm. the plants can the roots can reach deeper down and, and, you know, get access to all the nutrients deeper in the soil. Um, and then, so that's one piece of it. And then we keep the, the beds covered as as much as possible. So compost to cover the beds so that the, um, again, that we're not losing, uh, nutrients through the elements, through the wind and the rain and the sun. Um, and then, putting back in as much as we take out so if we're growing a root vegetable like a beet a a beet root grows in the ground so Mm -hmm. when we harvest beets we obviously pull the whole root out but if we're growing something like lettuce we don't have to pull the lettuce root out to sell at the market so we will you know cut the lettuce leaves, sell those, and then leave the roots in the ground. We'll uh, take the stirrup hoe over it to kind of kill it, but then they stay in the ground. We don't rake everything out. So, so interesting. then we just cover it up with dirt again and replant the seeds. So this way it's building organic matter in the soil. It's helping to sequester carbon because you're not turning. When Whenever you um, uh, till the soil, you turn it over. Um it releases carbon into the air. And hopefully when you're tilling, you're also laying some compost on top and tilling the compost in so you're adding nutrients back in. But over tillage is a lot of the reason why we're losing topsoil um, in the country because we're continuously turning the soil over and you know planting monocrops back in. Wow. So that's a little bit about- That's fascinating. Oh. It is. Yeah.
0: Oh. And what are- some of the vegetables you grow and harvest?
2: We grow a lot of leafy greens. So spinach, lettuce mixes. Um, we have, uh, our, our favorite, our most popular mix is a spicy mix. It's a mustard greens. Mm. So it's, it's spicy, but it's good. It's really popular. Arugula, uh, yeah, a couple of different lettuces and then small root vegetables like carrots, uh, beets, um, uh, radishes. And then we did cucumbers this year and we planted a strawberry patch and every, so we've, this is our second season. And the first season we said we weren't going to do a big, like a lot of variety of vegetables so that we could just like get the basics down. Yeah, Mm -hmm. And then we didn't follow our own advice that first season. (laughs) And then this season we did the same thing. So we actually planted a lot of random things. We have, we have green beans and, um, tomatoes and peppers and stuff like that. So yeah. but the whole the, our whole idea of how to make this this sustainable now cuz we still both work full-time jobs and we still have three kids, they're all still here, uh, <laughs> thank god. Uh is to go slow and mm-hmm. to take things one step at a time. So our first year we got six chickens. And we just started with six. And they were our six chickens. We got, once they started laying, we had six eggs a day. And we said, we're not getting any more animals until we figure these chickens out. Mm-hmm. And so we figured the chickens out. And this year we got 30 more. So now we have a lot of eggs. And so now we can sell them. So Amazing. But we're just Love doing it. it like super slow. And so this year we we kind of messed up and took on a little bit more than we wanted to um, in terms of the variety of vegetables. Mm-hmm. But
0: But I love how you just said, you know, we want to understand everything and get that foundation strong. And that's what we do with our food. And you're farming the way mother nature intended and we're eating or we're trying our best to eat the way mother
1: nature intended. Thank you so much for listening to the Fiercely Holistic podcast. If you loved this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review to help us grow. You can find Kristen at nhhnutrition.com and Ciara at Oranutrition.com. If you have any thoughts, questions, or topics you'd like us to cover, please email us at fiercelyholistic at gmail.com. The information provided in this
0: podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. The views and opinions expressed during the series are solely those of the individuals involved.